Good day, everybody. This is another episode of 40 Guard Live. My name is Jonas, and today I have my good friend Omar Lakani with me. Omar, my friend, how are you? I'm always wonderful, Jonas. Just another day in the world of cybersecurity and threat hunting. Talking about threat hunting, I would like to talk a little bit more about ransomware today with you, because since we know the vast majority of attacks are financially motivated, and when it comes to financial motivated attacks, ransomware has been up there for quite a while. You know, I know we can't get away from ransomware, and I know we always love talking about ransomware, but I have to tell you, as a security researcher, um, you know, like reverse engineering ransomware and looking at ransomware, it's not that exciting. I mean, it encrypts files and it does its thing, right? Uh, so it's not exciting from from a reverse engineering standpoint, not all the time. I mean, there, there's definitely exceptions like Quackbot and and uh, some of, and Tesla script and some of the other things happening. But from a uh, from an impact standpoint, right? It's felt everywhere. Everyone uh, that has ever had a ransomware attack like knows about it. They feel it. It stops businesses. It affects reputation. It affects uh, you know customer confidence or client confidence, and that's why it's so big. And it's still very very effective. So I'm glad we're talking about ransomware today. Indeed, it's it's also this buzzing keyword where people are like, wow, we have ransomware in our network. We got hacked, but. Still, very often it gets forgotten that ransomware is just what gets deployed at the end of an attack. You just mentioned like um, it's part of a kill chain. It has some initial access before, and at some point there might be some droppers downloaded on a computer, which downloads then the ransomware and then exfiltrates all the, uh, encrypts all the files and puts a lot of pressure on the victim from that point of view. And as you say, it has a really big impact on the business, mainly because it is very, very aggressive. And we did a little bit of uh, research where we analyzed about the, what is the current concern of ransomware attack and also what is the importance of a ransomware strategy. And I think these two go hand in hand because on one hand, the concern, I don't think ever has been higher than it is today. But also, it is really important to have a ransomware strategy because once organizations get hit with ransomware, usually they don't even have access anymore to their playbooks, to their plans. And if they never prepare themselves well enough, they're now in the middle of a situation where they don't know what to do. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, so many uh, interesting points. Like, first of all, um, every time I speak to anyone that's ha that has had a ransomware attack or they're dealing with a ransomware attack, I'm always thinking, what else happened? Because a ransomware attack sometimes and a lot and oftentimes it's the last component of an attack. So when an attacker or threat actor comes into an organization, they're essentially going to do a couple of things. First of all, they're going to try and establish persistence. They're going to try and uh, land and expand or uh, expand uh, horizontally through their organization. That means they're going to try and uh, establish persistence on many devices throughout the organization and many different uh, uh, locations throughout that organization as much as they can. And then they start gathering data. They start gathering intelligence based on individuals, on data, on intellectual data, anything that's profitable. And then they usually are usually exfiling that data, usually stealing that data, saying, hey, how can I use this afterwards? Uh, maybe can I sell this? What, what else can I do? Usually the very last point of an attack is the ransomware exploitation. Um, and that's when an attacker feels like, hey, I really have nothing more valuable to get from this organization. So let's go ahead and use ransomware to try and get something more valuable. 
or maybe they feel like they're about to get caught or, you know, they detect some early warning systems uh, or signs of, you know, some investigation happening. So they're like, hey, I'm about to get caught, so let me go ahead and start my ransomware exploit. Uh, so, uh, uh, so I'm always worried when I hear a ransomware, but you're right. It is so visible and it's so impactful that's on top of mind for everyone. And I think one very key component as well when we talk about they as a, as a threat actor attacking people on the defensive side and, and having victims being compromised, it's not just they as a single entity who always operates behind the same tactics, techniques, and the same motivation. They're very big scope of different kind of threat actors out there. Some of them follow different kind of playbooks. Some of them are more aggressive than others. Some might use different kind of strains of ransomware. So we cannot just put all of these attackers in the same category. What is your view on that? No, you're, you're right. You definitely cannot. So there's a lot of threat actors out there. Um, you know, they will use a ransomware component uh, usually as a primary or secondary objective. And the type of ransomware they're using has different, uh, you know, tech, you know, different objectives. A lot of them want to get money as soon as they can, as quickly as they can, right? And um, a lot of them, when they're doing that, that means they're using uh, ransomware or ransomware foundations that are easy to get, easy to encrypt, easy to decrypt. Uh, of course, there are the uh, threat actors that just essentially, as we say, want to burn the world. And uh, in those cases, they're using. I, I, you know, I wouldn't even say ransom. I would say wipers, just trying to destroy data and then uh, threatening you to not sell the data that they have. So uh, they, there's different categories of ransomware as well and how aggressive they are, what they do. Um, another thing you mentioned a little early on is you're like a lot of customers don't have a good strategy, right? They're like, okay, I have, um, you know, a ransomware playbook, but if you cannot access that playbook, what good is that? Is that right? Um, a lot of them don't think like, hey, you know what? I need a completely offline system. Maybe I need a VPS, a virtual private server, or I need some sort of uh, enclave that's completely offline, not connected to my organization in a cloud where I can run different tools, collaboration tools, uh, communication tools, and uh, also my playbooks, um, maybe a backup copy of SOAR. Of course, that gets very expensive to not only maintain, but just uh um, you know, just to go through the process of making sure you understand how to use it when it's that disconnected from your organization. And it makes it very difficult for organizations to kind of have a very uh, siloed and separate enclave that's still useful to them. And uh, even especially if it's not being used every day. Yeah, you know, Omar, I haven't to told you that yet. So this is a first time for you as well. But not too long ago, just uh, actually two weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go to Madrid and present them one of our flagship conferences. And before the event, I was preparing about the recent threats, about the recent attacks. And I was going a little bit back, looking at the data. And I remember Conti used to be like the king of ransomware in 2021, um, so to some degree in 2022. And then Lockbit kind of took over, another very successful group. They even provided performance tests with their specific ransomware versus other threat actors to show how much better their encryptions are, how faster it is, etc. And I was curious about what was the latest number when it came to these ransomware attacks. And the day I was researching, everything was a Thursday. And what's interesting about the Thursday was that it was just two days after Patch Tuesday. And as we know, after Patch Tuesday, we usually have Exploit Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I was able to discover that Lockbit, the number one ransomware group up there these days, just updated their 
Onion website and published 23 new victims in the last 24 hours. And to me, that's such a huge number, but it's probably no surprise that it very shortly happened after something like Patch Tuesday. Yeah, you know, uh, like I said, you said Patch Tuesday, Exploit Wednesday, uh, you have your wonderful Thursdays and Cry and Go Home Fridays, right? Uh, but, uh, uh, you, you know, I'm not surprised what you're saying because essentially, you know, what's going on, and we've seen this with the movement vulnerability, we've seen this with the vulnerabilities over and over again that are in the news right now and have, uh, and we've seen the same technique going on for years now is that a software vulnerability will exist. An attacker will take advantage of that vulnerability, and then they're adding ransomware on top of that vulnerability. So the golden uh, kind of keys for an attacker is uh, an RCE, remote code executable. That means they can attack a system remotely. They don't have to be on site. They don't have to have physical access to that system to exploit that system or gain access to that system. Once they gain access to that system, they're essentially uploading code or executing code. And uh, remember, in these days, like depending on the operating system, you may not even need to upload new code. You can use the existing encryption protocols that are already in the operating system to essentially, um, you know, create your own ransomware and run your own custom ransomware as well. So uh, I'm not surprised you're seeing that right after past Tuesday. Uh, and uh, I'm not surprised that we're seeing so much of that after major vulnerabilities on any type of software. Yeah, and we also talked to close to 600 cybersecurity leaders and decision makers from various organizations of all sizes, of all industries. And we wanted to have their view on if they have been targeted with ransomware and if yes, how many times and did it happen over the last 12 months? And the concerning trend here really is 50% of them, they were targeted in the last 12 months and 30%. So one out of three companies was targeted more than three times, which is a huge number. Um, only a very small degree actually told us they're not even sure whether they've been targeted or not. So most likely the answer is yes, because as far as I know, pretty much anyone is targeted. And if systems are not properly secured, they will get access to these environments. But with all these reports and also monitoring these Onion websites, I think in the end, the numbers are already huge, but the dark numbers are even higher because as far as I concerned, there's still a huge number of undisclosed ransomware attacks which were successful in the past. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's not anyone's natural instinct to say, hey, I've been attacked or I have vulnerabilities in my system or uh, perhaps I have uh, you know, some shortcomings in my strategies, right? So I think the natural tendency would be to be more defensive when you're reporting someone like that, even on anonymous surveys. But every survey we've seen, including uh, the 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 you know the ransomware report that Fortinet came out with, it, you know has been showing not only now uh, but for a number of years that the rans ransomware attacks are growing. It's significant. It's um, you know a a impactful part of attacks that that's out there. And you're right. There's probably a lot that's missing as well. And we have to start looking at like, well, why are we missing this, right? And what are the what are the initial um, you know, access points, what are the initial access points for uh, ransomware to get into systems? A lot of times, you know, it can start off with phishing emails, uh, you know, drive-by downloads, taking advantage of, uh, you know, non-patched software. Those are the common ones that are happening all the time. At the same time, it could be something simple as just not having good user awareness training, just uh, having people 
in a hurry, right? A lot of times attacks happen when, when you're watching videos like this and multitasking and doing things in the background or whether you're on a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting and I'm multitasking in the background and not really paying attention and maybe accidentally clicking on a link too fast or not paying attention to where you're going to. And, and uh, attackers know that and that's why... Uh, that's why the phishing, that's why the uh, impersonation sites, that's why business email compromise has been so successful. And of course, ransomware, which is usually in the component of all those attacks that I just mentioned. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many ways for threat actors to gain access to corporate networks, unfortunately. So we definitely need to have a layered approach when it comes to defending against these kind of attacks. And not only is prevention important, probably detection is even equally important, if not more important, especially if we think about ransomware, for the vast majority of these ransomware groups, one part of their playbook is to exfiltrate a bunch of information, um, which usually communicates to a command control server or a different IP address. And there's terabytes of data usually leaving the organization. So prevention is important, detection is important, but I, um, I'm just curious, Amar, if, if I would, I know we need a lot of solutions, a layered approach, but what's your favorite way to stop ransomware or to stop cyber attacks? Where would you start? What is like, not a specific product, but what's usually your, your go-to if, if you would have to make this decision? So, Joris, I'm going to throw you off a little bit. You see me smiling here because uh, um, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of a curveball. Um, you know, you say detection is really important, uh, sometimes maybe more important than, than protection. I'm, I'm actually wondering, as security professionals, or me and you and the security industry, doing a disservice to uh, the people that are out there by, by saying that. I think we've, we've uh, you know, said detection is so important for a long time. Are we, are we setting the bar so low? Are we like basically saying like, hey, give up on protection because you're definitely, definitely going to get hurt? I mean, I, I understand like a lot of times I tell customers, hey, um, you know, the best way to protect yourself against attacks is to, is to patch all your systems. Like vulnerabilities exist patch your systems. Um, anyone that says that also probably has no experience in patching very large environments and organizations because it's very, very difficult to patch that. I'm thinking like, you know, what else can we do? You know, let's not set the bar low. Let's like start investing in. And what I tell my customers to answer your question is let's start investing more in automation. Let's start investing more in playbooks and strategies that we expect failures, but we can still expect to continue and still have defense in depth, go back to that old, you know, uh, strategy from the 90s and 2000s, have multiple layers of defense perimeter all the way to endpoint. And let's make sure we, we use and start taking advantage of the AI tools that are just really coming into, um, uh, you know, uh, I would say implementation uh, successes right now and start taking advantage of that. Uh, so although I do believe, uh, you know, detection is very important, I think uh, we should now start focusing more on the defensive prevention and not give up on that and uh, not set the bar so low that we're just saying like, hey, you know what, you're going to get attacked. I, I hate when people say that, you know, eventually everyone's going to get attacked. I don't think that's the case uh, because, uh, you know, you know what, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to open myself up and say I haven't gotten a ransomware attack this year because I definitely have from as a researcher. But, uh, but at the same time, I think it's possible to minimize and uh, mitigate those risks. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's a combination of both. And as you say, if, if we don't start uh, doing a good job over there, it's just so much more traffic coming towards us and much more likely someone will be successful in gaining access to an environment where it usually starts. Absolutely. 
Omar, we're running already out of time, but I'm glad you were able to join me today. And uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks so Absolutely, much. Absolutely, man. It's great, great being here. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone.